Episode 12. We're halfway through the competition and Blackpool is in sight. It's bonfire night, so check under your glitter balls for hedgehogs and keep your Botafogos safely in a biscuit tin out of reach of children. Let's light the blue touch paper and stand well back. Tonight, joining me are Michelle. Hello. And Lisa. Hello. (sighs) Well, I'm somewhere different. I am (laughs) ensconced in an off-grid recording studio with uh, my band, uh, but I have torn myself away to podcast with you guys. What a show. Down on numbers today as well, aren't we? Just three of us. Yeah, well, (laughs) just three of us, but plenty of chat. Shall we have enough opinions for that? Definitely. I'm sure we do. (laughs) Plenty of opinions. Okay, let's start out with the dancers. Dancing the Jive, it's tall-haired, high-trousers, excess pun repository, Danny Mac, and his pool shark partner, Oti. Why do you think they started with this one? Like, why do you think this was not the last dance? Because I think... I think they think he's a safe bet. Yeah, I guess. And I suppose as we go through, we we can ask ourselves, would you have started with this one? Mm. But you know, yeah, they, yeah. I think he did seem like the kind of thing they could have ended with. But I think it is the they know that he's gonna do so well, and I don't know if he he hasn't had the opening slot yet, so it might have just been his turn. I can just confirm that this was Danny's first opening slot. He's had the closing slot in week two, and usually they don't repeat opening and closing slots. Although they did this week, and we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, obviously, it was very, very good. We got we saw the tens paddle, and I did not think we would see any more tens until Blackpool. But was it was it tens, Lisa? Uh, probably. I mean, they had to make a very good point that that they had come back from last week's you know, sort of moderate disaster, which it wasn't actually a disaster last week, but they I think they had to make it very notable to the public that Danny was back. Um, yeah. I, I did think it was, I mean, it was very good. And, and Oti had put a lot of choreography in there, which she knows she can, which is great. And she is really, really pushing Danny, which is also good to see. But I'm, I'm not sure if Danny's got the sort of likability factor about him back have to start with then he sort of lost it a bit but then Sunday night show sort of doesn't prove that theory so I don't know but that's what I had written down well he wasn't in the dance-off so all right okay he obviously does have the public he does have people voting for him I'm not sure that it was worthy of a tens but you know or at least not maybe Darcy's ten but I think Darcy fancies Danny so (laughs) she's just up her score a bit. <laughs> yeah, Danny... I did like all the extra little stunts and things that he did, though. It was very impressive the little extras that she'd put in for him, like doing the uh, the split and then the jump split off of the pool table. The They're only... kind of like little extras, aren't they? Which they like as long as you've done the rest of it well. Yeah, the only time yeah. I've seen a guy do that splits one way, then splits the other way was RuPaul's Drag Race. So we were saying <laughs> just before the call how much Strictly has in, com- in common with Eurovision. But I think it's also got a lot in common with RuPaul's Drag Race. Definitely. Uh, well, they're all three. All three are connected by glitter, sparkle. Glitter, sparkle and frocks. Uh, it should be it should exactly. it should be its own category on Netflix, quite frankly. It should be they are like a holy trinity, aren't they? Of, of glitter, sparkle and frocks, Eurovision, RuPaul's Drag Race and Strictly. They are their own category. RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> doesn't have enough pyro, but I think that's like hairspray related health and safety issues. 
True. Anyway, making up for uh, for Danny's sort of slightly plastic lack of likability factor is Oti, who is, uh, well, to slip into RuPaul's Drag Race parlance, uh, a total queen who uh, continues to slay us weekly. I had a nice little Twitter conversation with her this morning. Somebody was saying, oh. like, like, how do your tops stay on? Like, your costume designer must be a civil engineer. And Oti said... <laughs> Uh, like I design them, you know. I'm, you know, smart as sexy. I twittered, messaged her to say, "Hey, you should uh, think about doing some active dancewear for larger busted ladies." Um, and like, if if you're an expert like that, and uh, she messaged back and said, she hasn't thought about it yet, but it's a great idea. So, oh, that would be nice. Uh, but yeah, I she think- definitely get some credit in that if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think for well, me- especially if she ends up in the final, which I think is probably quite likely. So she, you know, she'll 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 be riding high, and it will be a great commercial opportunity. Ot, do it. But yes, this jive business. I thought that while it was like it had all of the extras and it had all the uh, spectacular moments, and it had plenty of the basic content and the basic choreography. I didn't think it was as sort of charismatic as Ore's jive or even like as cool as the jive we compare everything to Jay and Eleona's jive. Yeah. It just felt a bit I I was think I was hoping for more because I thought he's so good and he could do so well. But I saw it, I was like, oh, and actually in a way I think it's because because there was so much content that it was so quick from one thing to the next that there wasn't a lot of chance for style in between, if you know what I mean. Like, it just went straight from one turn to another, 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 and you didn't have a chance to kind of enjoy a move. Yeah. Like, it was so fast that there wasn't a lot of chance for personality to show through. Well, it was enjoyable. Dancing the Viennese Waltz, it's a woman they've just realised is named after a flower, Daisy Lowe and her partner, Aliash. If, if I was going on Strictly, I would definitely want to dance with Aliash because I think his choreography is, like, he's always seeking to do something new. Yeah, get yeah. in line, girl. I said that last week. So I'm, I'm first with Aliash. You have to go second. We can't all be on the same series then because we all want to dance with Aliash. Well, if if we can't have Aliash, I will bring Tristan back and we'll just lark about at the back. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, we were mentioning last week about Save Daisy voting because she needed some help because she obviously isn't as well known. I think this song was obviously completely picked to just keep reinforcing who she is and try and like drum the name into people. Obviously, it's worked. She got saved, whether it was just the song choice or not, I'm not sure. But I think there was a definite agenda with the song choice as well as it went with the dance, obviously. Is this a a theory about what happened to Laura? Because there's no song... (laughs) that you can samba to called Laura. <laughs> Is there actually any songs called Laura anyway? I think there probably are Laura songs. Uh, how about you email us with your ideas for songs co- about Laura's that you can samba to? Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't like the arrangement of Daisy Bell, but once I got over the sort of twee parping oompa ness of it, and I relaxed and started enjoying the actual dancing and uh, Aliash's choreography. I liked it. It wasn't like um, an astounding top tier Viennese waltz, but it was cute and it was interesting and it showed Daisy's strengths off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I thought that that choice of song was genius because it's normally the thing that we see in week one or week two when they're trying to introduce people to you. It's the sort of theme tune you know how they do that sort of slightly annoying introduction of people sometimes and it's kind of one that back in week one I would have gone oh yeah obviously they did that song that's really cheesy and really annoying and really obvious but actually I think it's exactly what you said Michelle you know trying to get her name into people's minds and it's such a great song amongst the you know amongst the older people phoning into vote you know that's a song I remember my granddad singing you know so it's it's one that will speak to the older demographic and get them voting um, for her, which is what she needs. Um, I have got written down that, that Daisy is a very natural dance. We know Daisy's at 
home in ballroom rather than Latin. But she has a very natural feel about her dancing. Nothing feels very forced or stagey or like, oh, I've been told to do this, so I'm doing this now. It's very, yeah, just it's just very natural. I like to, I like to watch that. It was great. I love the dress they put as well. It was very pretty. Yeah, the nice uh, cowl back as well. You should always have an interesting back for a Viennese waltz because yeah, it's all yeah. we're going to see, really. Yeah, because you're in hold, aren't you? 98.2% of the time. That's exact. Uh, about that. <laughs> we timed it. Slightly. We timed it and did the calculation. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not Ellie. That's the sort of thing Ellie would do. <laughs> I... I was busy this weekend. I would normally have done that. <laughs> uh, but yes, the Save Daisy campaign was picked up by the lovely Cassie at SCD Support. And I think that, you know, between us all, everybody managed to save Daisy this weekend. Yeah, we're going to take some credit for that, aren't we? Definitely. Yeah, yeah plenty. plenty, actually, plenty. I actually cheered a little bit when she got put through. I went, oh, yes, she's through. Yeah, me too. I was like, yeah. Dancing the salsa. It's the white-trousered overlord of armography and skirt-wafting, Aurea Duba and his partner, Joanne. I like a salsa. I don't like the salsa as they're doing it in Strictly right now. And I also think that that training VT, where Joanne was constantly going, you've got to be constantly in fluid motion with your hips, Aurea, really hurt him. Like, I think like, he would have been much better served by the lamest comedy VT rather than that one telling the audience to look out for a specific technical thing, which he then failed to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think it was it was good and there were some really fantastic, impressive bits. But because we'd just been primed to look for the continuous hip motion... All that you would remember were the moments where he sort of failed to do it rather than remembering the really successful bits, like in the side-by-side on that scratch-scratch section. Yeah, and all the lifts that he managed. Yeah, and all the lifts. I think I would rather have the salsa without the lifts. Oh, would you? I'd swap. Just their lifts or lifts at all? Without lifts at all. I would rather see an extended armography section or, like more well there's two things i want gone from the salsa it's the lifts and the skirt wafting I is skirt wafting not not an integral part of the salsa i don't think it has to be and also like i don't know if it was intended for it to look sort of weird and awkward but there was a lot of at the end where joe had Ori sort of squatting next to her with his feet wide apart wafting the skirt I didn't think it looked particularly elegant or funky in any way. I really liked this one. I liked the style of it. I, I mean, some of the lifts, even though they were really good, at, at point, points looked a bit awkward, I think, because of the skirt thing. But overall, I actually really enjoyed this one. I loved the dress that she was wearing. And I did manage to ignore the hip thing for quite a lot of it. And so I was... I think it was scored better than it should have done, though. Um, ah, well, I want to talk about the scoring. Okay. Right, go ahead. So, apart from Craig, every judge scored Ori and Joanne exactly the same this week as they did last week. And Craig improved and gave him two more points. Which proves one of two things. Either he was massively overscored last week and... Therefore, they didn't really know what to do, which I think is very true. Very overscored last week. There's no way he should have had 32 for that disaster. This week, he gets 34. So the other thing that it might prove is that the judges really have some massive agenda that they're trying to force on the on the scoreline. That's more than I thought it was. I don't want to. I don't want to turn into one of your. You know, it takes two cynics. Um, but I, the scoring this year is really proving to me that that the judges are being puppeted by some agenda, and so, I don't like it. And I want it to stop. So let's have a stats moment. For the pa- for the past three weeks, the average score has we've had average score inflation of two points per week. So the average score on the 22nd of October was 29.3. On the 29th of October for Halloween, it was 31.1. And today, the 5th of November, it was 33.5. 
So Ori's score has only gone up by the sort of average amount of score inflation for the whole group. So that score that he got for the Salsa is effectively the same score as he got for the Charleston. So the overmarking is even worse than you think. Yes, and it definitely, I mean, compared to comparing those schools, like Ori's scores with, with themselves, it definitely shows that last week was an absolute travesty on the scoring front. Yeah, they I, seem I, to do it. Where like, if someone's I'm, been good once, then they're almost they're up up to a certain level, and they don't ever seem to let them drop below that level, even if mm. they have a bad week. So once he's mm. had an outstanding week and got amazing scores, they never drop them back down. Whereas the other people that are continually getting better and better only get to improve slightly as long as they prove something that week. Whereas yeah. Kazari did so well a couple of weeks ago, they're like, oh, well, he's obviously someone that's worth to be in the finals. So they never, they're never harsh on the scoring again. Yeah, I mean, it's unlikely that uh, Craig would have whapped out the four paddle for the Charleston, even though he maybe could have done because you know he was yes. giving that ki- he was giving the kind of comments that got greg the four paddle yeah Anastasia. yeah um so yes the scoring is baffling anyway i've had my rant about it judges stop it we're watching we can see you we see everything we are on omni what's the word omnipresent <laughs> <laughs> and the spreadsheet sees all yes yeah, we're running a spreadsheet, you guys. You can't hide from us. Fear the spreadsheet. <laughs> Dancing the quick step, it's somebody who's in no need of assistance on the dance floor. Ed Balls and his partner, Katya. So when I just watched this out of context on YouTube just before bed last night, because uh, I was only catching up on the show this morning, I had no idea what was going on with the theming of the dance. Uh, I was... <laughs> I was happy to see that that fourth Beatles wig has finally shown up on Katya. <laughs> I was worried about it because we didn't see it on Halloween, but you know, we've seen all four of them now. There will be no further Beatles wigs in the series. We hope. Unless Katya, Katya and Ed reprise that in the final. No. Uh, well, I think the chances of that happen pretty small just putting that out there small but measurable small but measurable yeah true um but yeah i mean ed was quick stepping adequately he managed to be in time and coordinate his footwork with katya very well but he's never going to be allowed to be the serious he's never going to be allowed to be serious he keeps saying in his vts that he's trying really hard and he's being really serious and the quick step was a perfect opportunity to have a serious dance and they still made it comic. It should have been the way they were dressed and performing. It was like it was another Charleston. It was ridiculous, and I just it ruined it. It was actually quite a good choreographed dance, but the whole setup and silliness just ruined it. Yeah, the juxtaposition of this with two dancers later, uh, Robert getting his shot at a serious dance with the quick step. It is almost like the producers are saying, look, this is your acceptable entertainment candidate. Look at this one. This one's serious. Look at Ed Balls. We've dressed him like a clown. (laughs) Yeah, there's no need for it. No. And even though, yes, he's not the best one out of the group, he should still be given a chance to be serious if he wants to be. Yeah. Go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, there is, there is no reason to do it. Ed, they're treating Ed Balls as though he was Anne Widdicombe, and he's not. Anne Widdicombe couldn't dance and kind of refused to dance and refused to play along and and, and do it. Yeah, In the spirit of... You didn't see Anne Widdicombe you know, grinding she, and stroking herself, did you? No, because she refused to do that. Well, I'm sure that that conversation never came up. But, you know, she was always telling Anton what she was and wasn't going to do. And he sort of had to work around it. Whereas Ed has come in. I'm going to go on my Ed Balls rant again. Exactly what I said this morning on the radio. Um, You know, Ed's come in, not being able to dance, is learning, is improving. Is I wish Emily was here because last week she said... You know, I wish Ed Balls would, like, get a proper dance and then everyone would see how rubbish he was. Well, he did get a proper dance. He did it very well. He's not rubbish at all. He's 
he's a he's a very good dancer. There's nothing wrong with him at all. Um, yeah, he has good timing. He's very light on his feet because he's not a tiny man, is he? He's got a bit of a you know dad belly going on. Um, and he's, dad bod. He's dad bod. Dad bod. Yeah. balls. You know he's moving. He's keeping up with Katia. He's positioning is very good. His hold is very good. I I, I was massively keen on the slightly dodgy ending position um but you know that aside that was a very good quick step and i a bit like you i hate that they're forcing him into this comedy role he's really not that funny no. like he's not he isn't he isn't funny <laughs> so why are they trying to make him funny because no. he's not <laughs> emily's been on the chat she can't join us tonight but i think she may be moving on the ed balls question she says oh my goodness ed's dancing looked good this week but it's a shame they're still playing it for guffaws rather than skill and it sounds like next week will be much the same did you hear what he was doing next week yes uh i i guess we'll see what that how that turns out I just think, you know, we, we had this conversation last week again. I, I want them to take Ed back to what they did with him in the very first. But now that he can dance, now he's got some dance skills behind him. I want them to revisit that Ed because I think we would see something really, really different. They won't. They've, they've pigeonholed him into comedy. That's what we're going to get for at least another couple of weeks. <laughs> At absolute best, he's going to get one more serious dance on the week he leaves. And he's going to be set up Which to fail. Be... And I think that'll be Blackpool. I think that's I think that's what's going to happen in Blackpool. Oh, oh do you think he's going to make it another two weeks then? Sorry, yeah, Ed's, I Ed's not got a foxtrot next week. He's got a silly salsa. Ugh. And uh, hold yourselves back, ladies, because Danny and Oti are going to be doing an Argentine tango. Yes. <gasps> oh. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah that would be good but yes it's it is such a shame for ed uh he deserves better yeah he does deserve better i do feel bad for him that he's been pigeonholed and can't get out of it no matter how hard he tries dancing the samba it's somebody who is simultaneously presenting the emas and also in the dance-off hmm. laura whitmore laura whitmore and her partner giovanni laura her bad ankle was visibly larger than her good ankle. Yeah, she'd said in the um, on It Takes Two in the week that this is the first week where she's put heels back on and mm. she was struggling. But she did it. She was performing in heels. Yeah, she did it. She set the jaw. She gave it everything she got. Giovanni sort of... So... Right, we do have a thing in Strictly where the professional can try to protect the celebrity. And usually we know what it looks like when, like, Ola Jordan is trying to protect somebody. He stands there and she sort of wiggles around him. Usually when the male pros are trying to protect a female celeb, what you normally see then is they go into hold and they just sort of get whisked around. Yeah, that's not what Giovanni chose to do. He chose to take a bunch of solo work and leave Laura sort of standing there looking awkward. Yeah, wiggling in the corner, waiting for him to return, while the cameras all look at him, which is which is what the judges picked up on and did look a bit weird. Yeah, and I wonder, like, if he choreographed that routine, if that's just like his not being terribly experienced with the show uh, came in. Or if like he was trying something different to uh, protect Laura's ankle and her like maybe not being able to get all of the double bounce action in. I, I maybe don't... she was meant to do them bits, and then they realised she wasn't going to be able to do those bits, and he kind of like instead of just changing the routine, just said, "Oh well, I'll just do them then." Well, yeah, because if all of the camera movements are locked in by Wednesday. Uh, maybe on Wednesday she still thought she could do all of the spins but um, you know when they get to dress rehearsal and all of the camera blocking you know that somebody has to go for a spin down the red carpet so it's gonna yeah. have to be Giovanni that's a good yeah. theory and I like that better than Giovanni just deciding that people want to look at him yeah I think uh, I don't think it was 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 Giovanni deciding people wanted to look at him I think it was 
it was choreography to, to protect Laura, who just couldn't do the moves that he had originally planned, you know, so he just kind of took it himself. But I, you know, I have another gripe at the judges for this. You know, when it came to the comments, they were like, you know, I thought there was a bit too much, you know, Giovanni in this dance. Last week, Craig said to Natalie, I think you're protecting your partner. Like, like you can't say one thing to one person and then just be like, oh, well, it was a bit, you know, to the other. Either, either you call people out on protective choreography or you don't. But you can't yeah. do it just with the people you like and the people you don't like and whatever this crazy story is that the judges think that they're telling us. Ah, I have a real moan about the judges this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was quite arbitrary and the comments are getting further and further out of step with the actual numbers that we see at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, very much so. I did like the song choice for this though. It was a really good song for a samba. It was a nice match of it actually. The, uh, it actually made a lot more sense. The problem with Bambaleo for me is that it just makes me think of Natalie and Artem's samba, which was top notch, which I watched a couple of times during the week. <laughs> And so with that fresh in my mind, like seeing Laura limp through it in pain rather than seeing like Natalie loving it, dancing with Artem, it didn't look so good. We used to think of the samba as the dance of doom, you know, but it's been a while since anybody left on a samba. Mm. Ah, well, that's been, that's changed now. Yeah, <laughs> that's changed now. Um, the other thing I had about that dance was their outfits were just too boring for a samba they were just dark, dark. there was no colour or yeah. anything, Laura's hair looked great and her makeup looked amazing well done Lisa Armstrong and the team um, but the outfit I think was a bit of a, you know we don't have too many Vicky Gill disasters but I'm, you know that that was not a samba outfit, didn't, didn't work very well at all I, I feel like that might have been one of the ones where it's a standard dress bought in and altered yeah, mm. they do. Yeah, they're, they're not all hand-built creations. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so the samba, eh? What can we do? Dancing the quick step. It's no longer the UK's most controversial legal professional, Robert Rinder and his partner Oksana. A bit of uh, politics for you there, uh, Lisa. Do you want to get us started on your beloved Rob? My beloved Rob Rinder. Um... I've drawn a big heart. <laughs> I just loved it. I just... You've basically <laughs> turned into the heart eyes emoji. I, I have. I mean, that is the the emoji for Rob Rinder is is that big red heart. No, it's the big pink heart, isn't it? Um, on, on my iPhone. Um, I just have drawn a massive heart. I thought that that was fabulous. Really nice. It's lovely to see him you know, do something serious, but not like the passive that we saw last week. Um, that was not serious. I, he was dressed what, as a passo. <laughs> yes, but he was seriously a moth. Okay, yeah, okay, he was seriously He wasn't a, a comedy moth, he was a passo moth. <laughs> okay. Oh, right, because there's a, there's a real distinction there. <laughs> there is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to phone Chris Packham and ask him if he can differentiate the moths for us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There, there's the person I'd like to see do strictly. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, so this is this is what we wanted from Robert, and finally they've caved to our demands and delivered us a, a serious dance, danced in beautiful costumes to appropriate music for the dance for Rob, and it came off beautifully. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said then. I I just loved it, everything about it. It was classic and classy and traditional, but really lovely to watch. Mm. I I really I really loved what what Robert said about the you know, because they picked him up again on his facial expressions. And actually I watched this back a couple of times because I was like, you know, I've stopped noticing it, but it might be because, you know, I'm slightly in love with Robert. Um so am I sort of just not noticing it because I don't want to notice it? So I went and watched it back. He's really not making that many silly faces that, that, that or what the judges would call silly faces. 
And he sort of said it himself. He's just enjoying it. It's not deliberate. He's not deliberately gurning at the camera or the audience or whatever. It's just the natural face that he has of enjoying what he's doing. Back to the lot better than it was a week ago. Back to my huh? um, back to my faves, Natalie and Artem. They never told Natalie off for gurning, and she was constantly um, letting the joy of dance escape through her face uh, throughout her Strictly career. Mm. Uh, but you know they've decided it's Rob's thing. Yes, but I say ignore them, Rob. Carry on smiling and showing the joy of dance in your face because it is a joy to watch. I know I'm not the only one saying that because I've had lots of Twitter interactions with other people who are loving Robert dancing and Robert enjoying dancing. I really feel like we could uh, push him all the way to the final. I really would prefer him to Louise in the final. Oh, definitely. We'll see if they'll by, let... By admire. We'll, we'll see if they'll let us do it. Uh, but yes, other than a string of endless superlatives, uh, that's our verdict on Rob Rindo. Dancing the Argentine tango. It's an ode to the transformative power of lycra and rhinestones by Louise Redknapp and her partner, Kevin. I loved this. Yeah. Actually, properly loved it. I've been a bit, a bit kind of like, meh on Louise most of the way through so far. And this week for me, she finally did what we were hoping for, which is actually come out and show a bit of passion and a bit of oomph about her and not just look self-conscious and awkward the whole time and I was worried it was going to be a PG version of an Argentine tango being Kevin and it wasn't in my view I think he did a very good job of being an adult Argentine tango shall we say and um, I, I've got written down here that I liked her brilliant leg hooks all the little the movement with the legs I don't know what they're properly called the um, but I loved them Gacho, there we go. But I loved them. Um, and yeah, I think it's the best one that they've had. Uh, it's the best of Louise's dances for the whole series, in my opinion. She's finally improving in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, finally we see some character and a bit of verve from Louise. I still don't know whether. So I'm still not, you know, standing up and cheering, though. Oh, right. Like, it was. And I just wonder if I've gone too far down the Louise is beige uh, alley to just be constant to get myself out of constantly just viewing it as a soulless technical exercise. Um, I don't know. Like it was very difficult because I didn't have another Argentine tango in the queue to compare it to. Because no. like the Argentine tango does look much more spectacular than most of the other dancers, and I love to see it. And I did, and I did think this was like technically brilliant, um, and like much more exciting than any of Louisa's dances so far. But it still, it didn't make me go woof like Danny and Otis Viennese waltz weeks ago, or um, or his uh, quick step that he did i don't know i still find her lacking in charisma i really liked the bit with the the lift where they did the legs on the table yeah that was that brilliant. was very impressive i liked that lift and it was to proper music as well so it felt like a proper argentine tango exactly lisa yeah i approved wholeheartedly of the music I thought that was really nice to have some good traditional argentine tango music um i'm probably somewhere between the both of you in that it definitely wasn't beige, you know, as our, our descriptive word of Louise. It definitely wasn't beige, but it wasn't red hot either. So we need to find a colour on the spectrum somewhere between beige and red hot. Sort of a warm brown, really. Um, Terracotta. Kind of the colour of my hair. Terracotta, really. there we go. <laughs> um, so it was definitely an improvement. It was Louise's best dance by far. It was Louise's dance where we at least began to see a lot more characterization, a lot more... Um, dance content, dare I say it? I know she's done dance content before, and, and but this one, I really felt like there was a lot more in there. Um, she was massively overdressed. I mean, for an Argentine tango, she was effectively wearing a, a tent 
She had you full know, that, sleeves on. She had full sleeves, full covering. Like ev- everything was covered. It's not. It's kind of. It, it left me questioning. You know, the Argentine tango is about, supposed to be about sort of passion and whatever. She kind of was dressed like Nana doing the dancing. Why? Why would Kevin be interested in her? Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I felt I felt like it was an old lady dress you know, for if, doing a tango. In. If Anastasia had been doing that Argentine tango, she would have taken um, the modesty panel in the in the deep V. She would have gone, uh, no, nah, just make that match my flesh tone. She would have taken the sleeves off and taken the slits higher. But exactly. Louise is not Anastasia. She's yeah, not, that was the only disappointing she was bit. Dancing an Argentine tango, and we had that conversation, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago about. Yeah, the rules on what you can and can't wear for dance sport and that would have been so not in the rules what she was wearing well yeah um as for the as for the scoring i mean i i i can't explain why she got three tens for that dance four nines i could have i could have seen that because it would have put her above everybody apart from danny and ot would have put her on the top of the middle pack if you like mm-hmm. um and would have given her somewhere to go now she has nowhere to go yeah it was it was a very four nines kind of dance technically mm. excellent but lacking a spark mm. yeah oh no yeah. see, i enjoyed this dance more than danny and otis this week so i was i'm supporting the judges in that view this week well then maybe they overscored danny and Oti. yes well, I, I think they did that <laughs> Score inflation. It right. It's a rising tide that lifts all boats. Yeah, it is. But that. But that is the question. You know, what Louise and Kevin now have to to spend the next few weeks riding out with thirty eight and thirty nine. When, no matter what they do, they're going to get thirty eight and thirty nines, and you know they could they could just stand on there and not dance you know, for there three is... weeks still get the high points because the judges have their narrative that they have to give Louise high points. There's a, you know, there's a certain sort of argument for saying that up until Blackpool, you don't mark them out of 10. You give them, I don't know, like four glitter balls out of five. And it's a sort of a different scale because really in week one, nobody should be getting more than a seven. You know, the, the, the full range of the scores is barely used. I said, well, Craig uses his full scoring paddle. And, you know, much as I've had bad things said about Craig, I actually think that's right, that you should be using the full scoring paddle. You've got 10 down there, use them all. I mean, maybe not the one, but, you know, it's, it's you don't want to, you don't need to be starting at eights and nines because then they've got nowhere to go except downwards. And that destroys the story. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to give people somewhere to go. And Louise and Kevin now don't have anywhere to go. So I think all the scores are far too high too early now. Oh, definitely. Well, it, you have to... Um, it's it's part of the modern capitalist system, uh, endless year-upon-year growth. <laughs> uh, so They'll start adding a number 11 soon. We clearly need the Marxist Strictly Come Dancing. You know who I think was the most accurately scored this week? It's Ed and Katia. Yeah, probably, yeah. I think that's the most accurately scored for week seven. Yeah, we're halfway through. People should be just hitting 30 now. Exactly. Yeah. We hit 30 in, in week two, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, clearly more from Louise and more from Louise all the way to Christmas. Dancing the Viennese waltz and displaying what they mean by the hurly-burly of the chaise long. Greg Rutherford and his partner Natalie. Ooh, Greg. So he's discovered the acting muscle, and he's just going to continue working it now. Yeah, yeah. He's finally figured out how to engage um, emotion on his face. <laughs> yeah, um, and I also uh, wanted to point out Craig made a specific point of complimenting Natalie's choreography. And uh, I thought that that was uh, gentlemanly of him after last week. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I tweeted words, I think, to that effect on your behalf on Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) The only issue I had with this, and it's not so much to do with the dance, it was in the VT. And I hate this when any of them do this. 
and there were some cute little kids in it. I don't know if it was his kids, her kids, somebody's kids. I don't care. They pulled kids out for the sympathy vote. They obviously felt like he was going to need some help this week, which he obviously didn't in the end. But I don't like when they do that. They do it on other shows like X Factor and things like that and just bring out the kids for sympathy vote. I didn't believe that, BT. None of that felt sincere whatsoever. So it annoyed me. They So they sort of didn't fully commit to the comedy. So it was supposed to be about how a toddler spinning round can help Greg somehow uh, come to terms with the amount of spinning round in the Viennese waltz. But no, it was just to give everybody a look at how adorable little Milo and the lovely Susie are. And Yeah, the, like, oh, he's got a little boy, let's just vote for him. No. The, and Milo is totally adorable. They even finished the VT with this lovely shot, which I'm sure they'd set up deliberately, uh, where little Milo was in front of a light like, um, so it looked like he had a beautiful golden halo uh, shining through his lovely uh, baby blonde hair. Um, so, yeah, it was quite a manipulative VT. I can see the face you're pulling, Michelle. You're quite right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> But so blatant, that, I hate it. That's nothing to the hideous VT we're coming on to with the next couple. Oh, God. Yeah, which I didn't understand at all. Uh, but yeah, Greg no. and Natalie continue to knock it out of the park. Um, if I can get Greg all the way to the semi-final, that would be nice. Uh-huh. I like. I wonder if we're going to see uh, some like hurried switching around of uh, producer pushing priorities because it maybe looks like Ori's redemption storyline might not be coming off. Yeah. I don't know. Don't write Ori off just yet. <laughs> yeah. has, um, has anybody that's been in the bottom two gone on to win it in the past? Yes. Carl Toynton was in the bottom two and Caroline Flack. Right, yeah. okay. So I just thought, is it one of those markers where once you're in the bottom two, you're kind of, you've never actually going to win it? No, but, it's not uh, a bad thing okay. to be in the bottom two. No, it may, it can make people go, oh, no, I definitely don't want them to leave. Yeah. Yeah. And it can make you as a dancer go, oh, I need to pull my socks up. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think this I, I said real. that last week. I really, really want Louise to be in a dance-off. Not because I want her to go home yet, but because I want her to pull her finger out and pull her socks up. Yeah. Yeah. She needs to experience the feeling of what if this was over? Because I feel yes, like exactly. I feel like she's just going in and getting um, she's like she's treating it as if it was an office job. She's just going in, putting the hours in, uh, and then clocking out at the end of the day. Whereas like Greg's suddenly gone like glassy-eyed zealot for ballroom dancing, as has uh, Robert, and you can see that Louise hasn't been hit by it yet. I'm looking forward to Greg's next week though. And something that we mentioned a few weeks ago that we were all a fan of is making a reappearance. The giant glitter ball. Yes! (laughs) He's doing a paso in front of a giant glitter ball or something, Claudia said in the last bit of Sunday night show. And I was like, oh, that's coming back. Like, I'm assuming that Natalie's going to be wearing an awesome frock and then that could not be more up our collective alleys than... uh, um, I can't imagine anything more suitable. (laughs) So yeah, so we're glad he's made it to that one so we, we can see that. Dancing the Paso Doble, let's shut up about her age and dance with her. It's Claudia Fragapani and her partner, AJ. E by gum. Well, they did... I didn't the first notice any age size references. Were there any that I missed? Uh, I couldn't find any. I actually put down the note saying this was the first non-age related one. Yeah. They did make reference to her size by the absurd basketball VT. Which, that was kind of a weird meta joke about her being short. Yeah. Um, and also the forcing her to dance to modern pop music when even when it's a paso and she'd much rather have something actually vaguely Latin sounding. Yes. I, it, was, yeah. it was the wrong song for the dance. I like that song very much. Um, I but think it's it a salsa. Didn't belong. It's not really an anything. It's not really a Strictly song. Like, keep it off the Strictly playlist. It's fabulous, but not here. <laughs> the pros have, it did... a, have, it, have it as the last dance song when somebody's about to go out that they can, you know, mess about it on the dance floor. Use it there. <laughs> um, yeah, it, the pros did a really nice, uh, like, salsa disco number to it a while, like, in the previous series. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes. But, yeah, I, like, 
other than they already had the arrangement in the sheet music, um, I don't think there was any reason for uh, making them do a Paso Doble to it this year. No. No, and it wasn't particularly, much as I hate to say it about Dave Arch, it wasn't particularly sung very well either. Sometimes It was a little bit awkward. Sometimes <laughs> they struggle with the modern pop music. Yeah, and then yeah. they struggled with this one, so that didn't help Claudia at all. Um, I think this one, AJ, you could tell, they said in the little VT that like he, this was his favourite type of dance, and you could tell that it was his favourite sort of dance. He properly seemed to go for it, and in a way almost left Claudia behind because I think he was so into it he seemed to get ahead a bit and I think she she looked a bit just a little bit behind with him not because she was being slow because I think he was being too too fast too into it the judges were telling her that she was being too fierce and I did not think there was such a thing as too fierce not in a paso no (laughs) Like, like literally what is she supposed to do I think this one was again underscored. Yeah. Um, I, I did like AJ's fuchsia paso jacket. That's something I've never seen before uh, and may never I see again. I see why they were in pink. Why were they in pink? Oh, Is it just because no one else was wearing pink? Modern. I quite, like, I quite like the pink for the paso. I wasn't against that. No, I, like, um, I don't think they could have had red... Did somebody else have red? Louise had red. Yeah, it was kind of a dark red rather than like... Yeah, it was a dark burgundy red. Yeah, so there's no reason they couldn't have had a nice sort of traditional pillar box type shade. They had quite a bit of red last week, didn't they? So maybe they were... I'll get Uh, away from that. Yeah, Yeah, because they have to try and keep it different week on week and also visual contrast during the one show. Or maybe because pink is a younger colour. Well, you may say that, but I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> let no, let's not assume that Vicky and her team are part of the age conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to see them as holier than that. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think they're above it all. They they yeah. they just takes the fittings and makes the dresses. Um, but yeah, I like Claudia continues to impress. Uh, I think she's she's leaving this like the stiffness behind. She's properly a contender now. Um, I just want to see them for one week. Give her some music that's older than she is. Yeah. Yes, that would be really nice to to see her either do some vintage music or some traditional music. That would be marvelous. Yeah. Yes. Do we know what what they're doing next week? Oh, they're doing a Viennese waltz next week. So, I don't know. I'm assuming it'll be Adele. Yeah, I was going to say. So, it'll be someone like you. Or... <laughs> yeah, but po- like, Living just, hope, like, it might not be. Yeah. Crammed into three, four time. So, I guess we've uh, talked through all of Saturday. off we have Laura not really a surprise and Ore a surprise I didn't see the uh, Sunday show so were there gasps well there was gasps that Ed wasn't in the bottom two <laughs> did they leave it to it between being between Ed and Ore or... no it was between, no, they... it was between Greg and Ore oh no Greg and, no, Greg Ed, and Laura Greg and Laura were the last two they, could, they called Ari out as the, you know, the first one into the dance-off. They called us Ari. And then when they came back for the second round of, of call-outs, yeah, they left Greg and Laura. Yeah. But Laura looked like she kind of knew she was going to be in the dance-off. I think she's been enough to know that she's going to be in the dance-off. Yeah, well, I think she's a Strictly fan, so she kind of understands that, you know, you've done a samba, it didn't get great marks. You mm. kind of know... You know where it's heading. Yeah, you know what's <laughs> yeah. going here. And you know... That... And then when she saw that she was up against Ore, and when they, you know, when they trooped them off to the judges saying, can you give them any advice? And the judges basically, for Ore before, obviously they knew who else was going to be against him, were like, just, I don't even know why you're in the bottom two. It was amazing. Just do exactly the same and you'll be fine. Then when they trooped her up to the judges' comment, they went, well, just correct that mistake and it's a lifeline and you stand a yeah. chance. It's like, 
they've obviously just told you who they're gonna save yeah it was like didn't even have like some sort of pretense about it it was that it was the most pointless ever they might as well have done a week one (laughs) yeah you know what we're not gonna bother kudos to laura for not just saying look my ankle is basically broken my foot's hanging off i am not doing it (laughs) yeah yeah no she did it and she did it really well and it was really good but it's the travesty the fact that even though I, I applaud Ed for trying he doesn't he's being there now at the expense of much better dancers and it's these dance offs like this that wind you up a bit that neither of these needed to be put under that I think we've got two more weeks of Ed yeah I think Ed's going to go out in Blackpool he's waving the Ed little pl- the little please get me to Blackpool flag yes and, Ed, yeah. Ed's been yeah. very very vocal on that I want to go to I really want to go to Blackpool and Ed has enough supporters who will see him through to Blackpool they'll go you know what I'll vote for Ed just this week so next week they'll be saying I'll give him one more vote because he really wants to go to Blackpool and I like him and he's trying and I want to see him do that so I think he has done enough to get him to Blackpool and I think that Blackpool might be his time I think that's where he'll where he'll come out which means somebody else is going to get sacrificed on the giant glitter glittery altar next week and I suspect it's one of two people. Greg or, La- Greg or Daisy, then? Yeah, Greg or Daisy. This week's dance-off, though, besides, obviously, he was actually good or bad, um, I think there was a lot of very good of the serious ballroom dancers, like Viennese Waltz and Argentine Tangos. And quite often, when they do quite well, and there's good ones, the Latin dancers tend to suffer. The people that have done it seem to end off in the bottom two. People don't seem to be as impressed by a Latin dance as a ballroom dance and I think these two dancers suffered that fate this week because there was lots of very good traditional ballroom dances out there I think that's how um, the strictly version of the salsa has ended up with lifts in it right to uh, try and jazz it up to a bit just try and give it a well a bit of a lift <laughs> it was it was quite nice to see two similar style dances in the dance off a few weeks ago didn't we have like a charleston and a rumbo or something against each other and you're like how on earth do you judge those yeah. two against each other to determine who's going home at least with a salsa and a samba you're kind of you know singing from the same hymn book if not the same sheet you know it's it's in the same they section. are two dancers that are comparable laura's gone that's their other big injury liability gone uh, the production yes, they... team can be a little bit more relaxed now. It's now getting to, it, like, the the numbers are getting small. Yeah. Yes, and there aren't any there aren't any more sort of jeopardies, are there, of people throwing their toys out and leaving or well, if you believe killing the tab- themselves. If you, if you believe the tabloids, uh, that Greg had a wobbly last week after Halloween, um, but you know, named sources or it didn't happen. Yeah. To be fair, I had a bit of a wobbly on Greg's behalf as well last week because I thought they were treated abominably, so well, I can understand that. Yes, I had a wobbly on this very podcast last week about how yes. appallingly Craig treated Natalie. It's a good job I don't have any day-to-day uh, cause to run into Craig Ravel Hallwood on the tube or anything because <laughs> there would have been words. Yes. Um, so let's do Dance of the Week then. Uh, let's start with you, Lisa. Well, I've got a couple, um, and it's kind of for me between Greg and Natalie, Daisy and Aliash, and obviously Robert and Oksana. And I'm, I, I, know, I know he was my dance of the week last week, but he's going to be this week as well. So I'm going to say Robert and Oksana's quick step. Okay, Michelle? Uh, my favourite this week, and I haven't said her before, is Louise and Kevin. I was surprised by the, how much I enjoyed it. And I very much enjoyed this one. A breakthrough for Louise. Yeah. Uh, my favourite, uh, just because it's something that I wanted to see and it was as good on the TV as it was in my head, Robert and Oksana's quick step. Oh, that's two against one then. <laughs> it's, it's not unanimous, so we don't get to declare it. <laughs> and I, I do promise next week. No, I don't promise it won't be Robert and Oksana, <laughs> but I... You can't promise. I won't be looking for it to be Robert and Oksana. Okay, so let's do the serious bit. Frock of the week. Um, Natalie's Viennese dress or um, 
Oksana's uh, quick step dress, even though it did look a little bit like it had a face on it. I did like the sort of the 1930s uh, triangular rhinestoning. And obviously it looked like a fox's face, didn't it? Didn't you think it looked like a fox? <laughs> yeah, but I have seen a lot of the sort of 1930s Art Deco styling. It was a bit like some a, a bit of detailing you might see in the Chrysler building. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, yes, and also Natalie just looked. They are doing a really good number in these champagne gold coloured dresses this year. Um, I would like to see a lineup of all five or six of the really excellent ones that they've done this year. And Natalie's version looked beautiful with all of the little bits of fringing and rhinestoning hanging off. Gorgeous stuff. Uh, those are my two. Michelle? That's what they need to do at the end of the series or have a special Strictly Outfits show. You know what I mean? To kind of properly showcase everything and what went into them all and the inspiration for them all. That would be very interesting. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I would I would watch on BBC Four just basically a live stream of the the costuming room. Yeah, <laughs> all the rhinestones sticking on this. I would watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I've got two. Um, I also liked Oksana's beautiful white and metallic gown. Um, but my other one is Joe's um, salsa dress that was like a kind of frilly rainbow. Um, I actually I don't often like Joe's outfits. Um, I'm not sure if I just don't like her style, which is not my taste, but actually this week I really liked that and it looked really good on her. And she almost looked like a bit of a, obviously they put some extensions in, she looked almost like a Barbie doll <laughs> in a good way. A fun salsa Barbie doll. Uh, yeah. Okay, Lisa, lay down the law. <laughs> I'm I'm still thinking about your idea of a BBC4 show with, you, you know, like Springwatch and Autumnwatch just have their cameras focused on the bird tables and you can just watch the birds coming in. They need like a rhinestone cam and a, and a fringing <laughs> cam and a it's glitter just a, cam. And it's called Frock. Yeah. It's called Frock Watch. Yeah. Frock Watch. Exactly. We need, somehow we need to get the producers of Springwatch and the producers of Strictly together and get them to produce this show just for us if nobody else yeah um, the little bit right. that's on it takes two just isn't enough <laughs> no it's, it's not i could watch that like a whole show on that anyway anyway uh, back to frog of the week <laughs> um so yes you've mentioned uh, some that i have stars by as well um i had in addition to two that have already been mentioned had a star by daisy's dress because i thought she looked really lovely and it was nice to see an almost full-length dress, mm -hmm. um, you know, and especially on somebody who is obviously very tall as well. That was great. It fitted her really well. It looked really lovely. Um, and I had Oti's dress. I really liked Oti's little green red number. And I'm not sure if that was because I liked the dress, but I love that colour on Oti. It just looks fantastic. She can take really strong colours. Mm -hmm. And I want to see her in more strong, bold reds and purples and, and greens and blues. She looks fabulous. Yes. Um, I had Oksana down as well, obviously, in her little dress with a fox face on the back or either like a fox or a transformer robot. I can quite work out which one it was. Um, yes, evoking the 1930s, which is wonderful. Uh, but I think that this week I'm going to award Frock of the Week to the lovely Ashley Lowe. Because I thought that dress was lovely on her. Champagne is definitely the sort of colour of the season, isn't it? But uh, no, I, I had a big star next to Natalie. I loved the combination of beading, of different fabrics of fringing that uh, the back of it was love what well, the, the back that didn't exist the backless dress with the like beads draped over i thought it looked lovely really nice and her she's hair. already won frock of the week once as well yeah and her hair amazing as well yeah natalie's yeah. really they've really kind of up the game on natalie this season i don't think she's looked bad in any of the dresses i, I think she's looked fabulous every week okay um, do you think is she the longest serving female dancer do you think she's like got some sort of superiority she gets like first pick or something yeah but i'm guessing ot is the is the biggest diva in a good way not a bad diva but like, ot knows what she wants and ot wears what she wants to wear <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 okay so that was fun we're looking forward to more fun times next weekend um so uh good night michelle good night uh, good night, Lisa. 
Good night. And good night from me, Ellie. If you want to get in touch with us or if you've got any questions for our Strictly team, you can email us at keepdancingpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter as at keepdancingpod and we've got a Facebook page you can find by searching for the Keep Dancing podcast. Thanks for listening. Keep dancing. <laughs>